thank you again. Podcasters, we love you all as well. Um, they take the time to go back and listen weekly. Um, y'all, it is hot, and but the Lord is good, and hell is hotter. So, amen. Thank God we <laughs> That's what's keeping me motivated. Praise the Lord. I ain't going to hell. Um, and, but this is, if this is a preview, I don't want to experience it. Um, my God, but the Lord is good. Amen. All right, so thank you again for being here with us today. Um, you can stand to your feet, and uh, let's get into this um, today. What we have, we are beginning a new series today, and it is an odd one that you may hear like, uh, wait, but it's called Consider the Ant. And we are beginning this, and we're going to start uh, with Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 6 through 8. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 6 through 8. It is our custom, of course, to stand. And um, it's good to see Deanna here with me, one of my spiritual daughters. And I love her so much. She's here. Um, I think she just ministered last night in Chicago, right? You didn't? You did? I can't see your braids moving. No, uh, oh, no, she didn't. Well, she's great anyway. She's ministering. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> Try to clean it up, Deanna, sorry. Um, but she's amazing, and I love her. I'm glad she's here with us today. Um, all right, you ready? Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6, 7, and 8. On the screen, we together. Ready? One, two, three. When you're la feeling lazy, come and learn a lesson from this tale of the teeny ant. Yes, all you lazy bones, come learn from the example of the ant and enter unto wisdom. Verse 7, the ant has no chief, no boss, no manager. No one has to tell them what to do. Last verse, verse 8, you'll see them working and toiling all summer long, stockpiling their food in preparation for winter. Cool. I want to preach on this particular subject, a sermon on six legs. You may be seated. A sermon on six legs. Father, we love you and bless you. Thank you for what you're going to do. Grant preaching grace and power. Lord, that I may deliver this message in the way that you want it to be delivered. Allow the hearts and minds to open up. Lord, this is your house. Do what you want to in this moment and carry us on up into another dimension from this word. I bless you, Lord. Father, without you, I am nothing. With you, we are everything. And I love you for your presence that is here in this room. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. All right, I want you to look at somebody around you um, and ask them, neighbor, do you like ants? Of course, Mama Sharon works at the Termination Company and sprays and kills all those jitters. Ants, when we think of them, we are not thinking too much of pleasant things. My house, I love, God bless me with, but this summer, I have seen a great, every once in a blue moon ant that me and Matt, Matt screams like a little two-year-old, and I and I have to kill it because he's running in the back room. Um, but it is, I love you, Cindy. But it is, um, they, I just, every once in a while you see an ant. And I'm like, how the heck did you get in here? And you know, you try to seal all the, all you can and, and whatever else. And then it's not good to spray because spray attracts certain things, more things. And it's just so many things you got to be so just cautious of. But it is 
there is something that I think we need to realize that we all know, but we, we don't know because we want to kill it so quickly. Ants are God's creation. Now, why he created an ant, I have no idea. When I get to heaven, my first question after howdy, how you doing, is why did you create these little insects that just so happen to bother so many of us? Like, I never understood the purpose of the mosquito stinging one of us and then dying after it stings. And I just never understood that thing. I just never understood Miss Ross spiders. And the, the ones that jump really far when you try to chase it down. Like, how in the heck did you know I'm coming from behind? And all these eyes on them. Like, it's just so many things. But at the end of the day, they are all God's creation. Spiders are demonic, but Mama Sharon, they're still God's creation. <laughs> they are still God's creation. In this passage, God is speaking about ants, and he's talking and speaking specifically to the sluggard, which is one who is lazy, idle, careless, sticks to nothing, minds no business, and brings nothing to pass. And I want to give you these definitions so you know how you can understand how you fit in this. Because typically when you hear things like this about how you're lazy and you idle and not doing the things you're supposed to be doing, you're quick to say, oh, that's not me. I'm good. That ain't me. I'm good. Boo-boo kitty. That ain't me. But in reality, if some of us, all of us can find ourselves in this. A sluggard is a person who is habitually inactive or lazy. Which means they make a habit out of being inactive or lazy. The word lazy means to be unwilling to work or use any kind of energy at all. The, the, uh, they're not disciplined enough and they're, they, they're disinclined to work. The word idle means not working or active, unemployed, not spent or filled with activity doing nothing. Anybody find yourself... You know, it makes you think about those quote-unquote lazy days. Careless. The word careless means not paying enough attention to what one does. Not exact. Unconsidered. Not caring enough. This is what the writer is pinpointing in this. I believe that in this new series called Consider the Ant that we can learn a lot from ants. And I know that may seem kind of weird, but I pray that when you see one along the sidewalk as you leave here or go into your homes or when you're chilling outside, that before you step on it, you remember saying that an ant is God's creation. Now, I'm not going to be a pastor that tells you I am never going to kill an ant ever again because you bet your bottom dollar if I look outside my uh, peripheral uh, second, third, 15th eye with these glasses and, and happen to see a little critter crawling on the wall of my window, I am going to swat. Because I don't know exactly what it is. You, you just react later and then pray. Just pray it goes to heaven. All right. So we can learn a lot from ants. Someone say ants. We can learn a lot from them. So by way of introduction, I want you to understand this, that the ant is the most successful of social insects. The ant is the most effective, most successful of all of the insects. There is 11,000 different kinds of ants. 11,000 different kinds. And they live in colonies, listen, numbering from a few to over 20 million of them. 
there is approximately, and probably still counting, one quadrillion ants in the world right now. Isn't it crazy that scientists even believe that all the ants in the Amazon rainforest, if they were weighed, would weigh four times more than any other special mammal, bird, reptile, amphibian, or anything living in that area combined? Ants are nothing, listen, apart, but they are everything together. You're going to see how this even this sermon series should, if you hear from different ministers of the house, you will see how this sermon series should bring us closer in unity, realizing that we are nothing by ourselves, but we are everything together. There is a unity that the colony of ants have, and it is precious, and it is one that we should take mention of. It's simply understanding this, that great things come in small packages. Whether you believe it or not, we typically believe bigger is better, but their small things are really great things. Verse 6, 7, and 8 is where I want to drop um, a point here. And 6, 7, and 8 is very important. Now, from the other, uh, the traditional translations, it says, consider the ant, which is where we got the sermon series from. But verse 8 says there, I mean, verse 7 and 8 talks about there's no manager. There's nobody managing it. Um, but it prepares for the winter, listen, in the summer. It prepares for the winter in the summer. And I want to really bust you upside your head with this one word I want you to scream back at me. You ready for it? Prepare. Prepare. Prepare is the word I really want to give you as the sermon on six legs. And we're going to take this and we're going to see what the Lord does. I really want to holler today. Even slap my rag on the podium. So I want y'all to help me preach today. Amen? Amen. Let's go. Miss Ross got me if nobody else does. All right? In this season of summer, someone say summer. It feels like summer. Right? Summer, the ant begins to prepare food for the winter. He's preparing in summer what he's not going to use until winter. He is preparing for winter in the summer. In summer, he is gathering things he's not going to use right now and preparing it for the winter. The definition of the word prepare is to put into proper condition or to be put into readiness. To be put into readiness, getting ready to make use of something. That is the definition of prepare. And when we typically hear the word prepare, we are not typically uh, ready for whatever we are preparing for. And typically the question is, well, what am I preparing for? I'm not, what am I doing exactly? I'm not going to show what's, what's wrong. But all these things, and I can tell you one thing. God has put a preparing in my spirit that I may not know what exactly is going on, but all I do know is that God's preparing us for something. Whatever it may be, he's like, hey, get Get it together. Get, get your life together. Focus on this. Get disciplined in this area because I'm about to do something and I don't want you to miss it. But you have to prepare for it. It is in the summer when the grass is green and the harvest is plenty and everything is great. Fruits and vegetables are, are plenty and everything is good and everything is blooming that this ant starts preparing for the winter. 
The ant actually ignores everything else around what is presently going on and starts preparing, listen to me, for where he's going. He is not focused on right now. He is not distracted of right now, but he is preparing for where he is going. He does something, listen to me, that seems awfully foolish, but he does it because there's a place that he is going. Someone say, I've got to prepare myself. And there will be people that disagree with what you are doing, but they, those individuals, aren't going where you are going. They don't understand why you are getting ready in the magnitude that you are getting ready. They don't understand why you are doing the things that you are doing and you're obeying what God is telling you to do. But the crazy thing is, I may look foolish, but I've got a future. And because I have a future, that means I am willing to look foolish. So regardless of what's going on around me and regardless of what they're saying about me, it is the understanding of this, that I will look silly all I want to, but since I have a future, I'm going to push myself until I get everything that God said is mine. Typically, they, you will always look foolish to many others, but that's because they don't mirror the future that you have. So the reason why they may call you foolish is because they're not a part of your future. Even the Bible says God uses the foolish things to confound the wise, which means that God will use something that the world counts out and show them how unwise they really are and how wise you are. If you can agree that, will you just lift your hands up in this room and say, God, you can make me foolish. Make me foolish, which means I don't look like what they want me to look like. But who cares? I've got somewhere to go. And because I have somewhere to go, I've got to prepare for it. Notice that the ant prepares for the winter while it's still summer. He disregards what happened yesterday. He looks past what's going on right now and focuses his eyes on tomorrow. He closes yesterday. He gets rid of all of that stuff, which means that he's not working backwards. He's preparing forwards. If I can just help you understand this, that many people in this world, since the pandemic started, they're preparing how they can go backwards. But let me tell you something. There is no point in planning for what's back there. I'm moving forward. And I can care less what anybody else thinks about me. I have a destination in my view. And because I do, that means I'm not going to get sidetracked. I'm not going to get bamboozled this time. The enemy may throw his best shot, but it won't work because I have something to move forward to. He ignores his present. He is done with the present. That means that at some point, uh, let, me, let me use this as an example. When I was little, we all probably had this rule that when the street lights came on, you did what? You went home. And if you weren't home shortly after them street lights went on, I am still trying to figure out how my mom knew the street lights had been on for quite some time and didn't leave the kitchen table drinking that cup of coffee. I'm just still trying to figure it out. But she would always know when that street light came on and say, hey, you, 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 did you see that light? Did you? So why take you a while to get in here? And so I, I understand that. But, but the thing is, though, there are other people, other kids, other friends I had at the time that did not have that rule. That it was something about my mom. She knew that there were some dangerous things that happened at 
because she had already been through what she was trying to prepare me not to go through. Ooh, I wish you would help me preach in this room. Oh, there's some rules and some regulations that God has put on my life that may not be on yours. That means I can't do what you do because the street lights are on. So let me prepare for the next season of my life. I don't know who you are in this room, but I'm getting ready for a new season to hit my life. And I've got to prepare for it whether you like it or not. The ant disregards every enemy in his view. Ants are so cool when you study them. He disregards every enemy. He starts to repair. He is not distracted. He just starts to repair. He is not sidetracked. He just starts to repair. The light bulb clicks on and he just knows I've got to repair. He has listened to me enough faith to believe that he will be here in the winter time. Mm -hmm. Oh, you missed it. He had enough faith that he will be here not, not six months from now. So he starts preparing now. Okay? I'm trying to help you understand what I'm trying to say. He had enough faith to believe that what he's building for, he's going to live in. Mm -hmm. He had enough faith to believe that what he's building right now, he will eventually live in. I just need you to slap somebody on the shoulder and let them know I'm busy building. I don't know what you may be building, but I'm building something. And regardless of what you think about me, I'm still building. And I may look foolish, but I'm still building. And I'm busy doing something. Because I have enough faith to believe that eventually I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Whether you want to or not, I'm living in it. Whether you think I should not, I'm still living in it. Regardless of what you feel about me, I'm still living in the promise. Whether you like it or not. I'm preparing for something. What others are, aren't doing, I am doing. Because I'm preparing for something. You have to realize that there are people attached to your life right now that will disown you because you start building something. And because it doesn't look like something they think you should be building, they will leave you high and dry. But regardless of what they think, regardless of if your life uh, empties out of friends, there's a new staff of people waiting for you in a promised place. Regardless of what I'm feeling right now and who I have around me, there's always more where that came from. Oh, something else that's interesting in step is that the ant isn't like Mama Sharon, the queen bee. The queen bee sends signals out, Kaylee, to say, go get me something to eat and bring it back. Go and build, then come back. Get away from me, then come back. This is what the queen bee does. The ant has the mentality, I think it's so cool, mama. The ant has the mentality that if I want it, I have to go get it. <laughs> if the ant desires something, it says, let me move from where I am and get to where I need to be that has what I need. Can I just pray for you that God will give you the discernment and the direction to get exactly what you need to get. Come on, this, this time and this season of my life, I'm not making mistakes anymore, which means I'm not making the mistake of thinking I'm going the right way and end up going the wrong way and getting something that's toxic to me versus getting the treasure that is before me. You've got to discern where you are going. Queen Bee in this, it's special because she's powerful in what she does. 
But the ant says, there is no one managing me. I've got to go get this by myself. Which means that you have to have the ability to bring this thing in by yourself. And remember last week, I got stuck on, I kept saying, you are stronger than you think. You are stronger than you. I kept saying it last week, you are stronger than you think. You are stronger than you think. And that's why, because as the Lord gave me this, he was saying to us that you're stronger than you think. Because one act can barely do anything. Yet and still, they do everything they need to do in order to get exactly what they are going after. You must understand that I has not seen, nor ear has heard, and neither has it entered into the hearts of man what God has prepared for you. Which means he's already got it ready. So as I'm preparing, I'm preparing for something that's already been prepared. So regardless of what you I still have something I'm going toward. Here is this. God is releasing strength to you to obtain wealth. Here it is. Y'all not shouting about it, so maybe I don't want no wealth. He's trying to help you become wealthy in the things that you are called to do. That means that, beloved, above all things, uh, your soul prosper, uh-huh, and that you be in what? Good health. I want you to make sure you are in a prospering season this time. I want to make sure that you are prospering in every area of your life, God says. So regardless of what's going on around you, get to preparing. Regardless of what's manifesting around you, you're about to prosper, which means that I have the ability to prosper even in pandemic because I'm prepared for it. The word prepare. Pre speaks to when. Pair speaks to what you do. Pre speaks to when. Pair speaks to what you do. Which means that to get, it means to get ready in advance. Hear me. When, if you're going to obey the wisdom of the ant, you have got to be okay with looking like a fool. Maybe it's because you don't like the definition of the word fool. Because it can be offensive, you know, in the wrong moment. Makes you slip outside of yourself and want to cut somebody out. Someone calls you a fool, you know? You get upset, you get angry, bothered, you get triggered when someone calls you. But, but can, I, can I help you? That I pray the Lord will redefine fool in this season for you because you're going to look like one. <laughs> Which means that people like Noah, the ark has never been built before. Yet and still, God gave Noah the instruction. And the reason why everybody else around him could not understand it is because God did not give them the instruction. He gave him the instruction. Which means that you got to be okay with not sharing your blueprint with everybody else. Everybody else is not worthy of your plans. Hear me. Everybody else is not worthy of the instruction that God, God told you to do it, not them. And so that means you cannot put your instruction on someone else's life. You got to keep your instruction for your life because God told you to do it. So we're going to look like a fool in this season. Revive church. We're going to look like a fool. You may look like a fool doing what God told you to do and operating in ministry the way God told you to operate in and doing the events that God told you to do and doing the seminars that God told you to do and, and writing the book that God told you to do and opening the store that God told you to open. It may seem rather strange, but yet and still I am living out the living instructions, the breathe instruction into my life and because God breathed his breath in me that means I am not worried about anyone else's instruction I'm only worried about his because in my lungs is his breath which means we should be doing his work prepare prepare which means you got to be busy 
getting ready, listen, to do something, listen to me, that you don't need right now. Mm -hmm. You have to be okay, be busy with doing something that you don't need right now. Thank you, Jesus. I don't stand, I promise. You got to get busy, be, be busy doing something that you don't need right now. You got to be getting ready something that you don't need right now. You Listen to me. You have to, you got to be out of step with your situation right now, hear me, and in step with your destiny so that you are reacting to something that hasn't happened yet rather than responding to something that is going on right now. You got to be out of step with your situation right now and in step with your destiny so that you are reacting to something that hasn't happened yet rather than responding to something that is going on right now. I'll say it this way before I say my next thing because it goes along with it. We are typically... And right now, people. The reason why you have TV dinners, or some of you just heat up in the microwave real quick, is why? Because you're hungry right now. You go to the store real quick because you need something right now. You know, we're right now people. But how would you feel with not preparing anymore for the right now and only preparing for what you're not going to use right now? It's the benefit of a, of a savings account. You are saving for what you will need eventually. It is good to have a rainy day account that you do not use on the rainy day that comes recently. You must save for what is to come. You must prepare for what is to come. If you are in this room and you do not have a savings account, you need to get one. Prepare for what's to come. Prepare. For what's to come. I have a whole system that automatically takes money out of my account and puts it into another account. And I can choose to touch it, but what you are preparing for, listen to me, takes discipline not to touch it until it's appointed time. Woo! It takes discipline. My prayer for you is that God will give you discipline. That you will know when to do something. You will know when to shift something. You will know when to move here. You will know when to do there. And you will know when not to go there and not to get back with that person and not to go into that building. You will know the discipline of God. Not the discipline of yourself, but the discipline of God. Let me ask you something. Are you ungodly? Now, of course, your answer was like, no, Pastor. I'm not ungodly. Everything is well with me. I'm in good standing with the Lord. Praise his name. Hallelujah. That's many of us. But let me ask you something. Not on your issues. Not on the things you go through. But are you ungodly because you don't act like him? Let me explain. Now, when it comes to this, can I, and I shared this on my Periscope, but I'll share it because I got it for, I wanted to share it today. But God, listen, doesn't, listen, react. God acts. He does not react. Which means that he doesn't let the enemy do something and then he figures out what he's going to do in response to what the enemy does. 
When the enemy makes the first move, that means he's in charge. But God has always been in charge, which means that he acts and the enemy is doing nothing in this present day by simply all he's doing is reacting to what's already been done. And the crazy thing is that since God acts and if the enemy, if God started to react, that means the enemy would be in charge. But how many of you all know the Bible says that before the foundations of the world, there was him already. That was God. He was there before the world was ever created. So that means that he knew every single thing that would happen, every single thing that coronavirus did not catch him by surprise. Your layoff did not catch him by surprise. Your financial situation did not catch him by surprise. Your mistakes, your falls, your failures did not catch him by surprise. Nothing did. Nothing Nothing. The enemy did nothing in time that God has not already resolved in eternity. Ooh. The Bible says that the lamb was slain before the foundations of the world, which means that before, before everything, before Calvary actually happened, Calvary already did happen. Which means that your sins were accounted for way before the actual act on the earth. Uh-huh. That means he was slain before the foundations of the world. Which means your sins and your dirtiness was already taken care of before anything ever happened that you did wrong. Now don't get me wrong. We still need a Calvary. Don't, don't take it to him. Get it twisted. But the Bible, trying to give you context. The Bible says that before the foundation of the world, the lamb was already slain. Which means that what the enemy tried to do to conquer that did not work and could not work because the enemy was not even here yet. <laughs> so what he tried to do, it won't work. I just need you to help me holler for one good moment. And the, the, I want you to shout out real big. What you tried did not work. Come on, just shout out. What you tried did not work. Which means that everything the enemy threw at your face, God already had a plan B, a plan C, a plan D. Matter of fact, he didn't even have that. It was the plan for you. He don't need no other options. You do. So we got to get back to acting like him. God saved me, which means he's already considered my past, present, and future before the foundations of the world. Stop reacting to what the enemy does. The enemy comes and does something to you today. You got to trust, oh, I'm going to be so I can't. Your, enemy, your attitude changed. Your emotions get out of whack. All these things happen because the enemy does something. Why are you getting tripped up over what the enemy does? If the enemy, the only thing he does is react, why are you tripping? Which means that God must be doing something in you. But the enemy is coming after you like he is. So he's reacting to the act that God's moving in your life. That's why when you're blessed with extra stuff, extra money, you know how like little things always seem to pop up when you got like extra two dollars in your account? Like this little thing is I was like, oh Jesus, like, oh, man. like I, oh, I just I, oh I was just I was oh and all you just get all of them that and just get mad. But you're reacting over what the enemy is doing to you. Can you change how you react and just act along with what God has already said? If I know my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory, then why am I reacting when something comes to take away the things I have right now? When, what, anyway, prepare for the next level. That's the word to you today, a sermon on six legs. Prepare for the next level. I got one more point I'm going to holler on, then we're going to go home and eat a breadstick. Praise God. You have to get ready for what God is going to do. Here is your confession. I want you to shout this out with me. Ready? 
everything, everything I, lost I lost was worth it, was worth it for, what for what I'm about to gain. Thanks, Mama Nate Still. Let's try it again. Everybody shout it out. Again. Everything, everything I lost, I lost was, worth it was worth it for what I'm about to gain. Thank you, Miss Devin Mama. Maybe I have to give it to you in an elementary state. Which means that everything that you have lost from this point backwards is nothing compared to what God is going to bless you with as you make the choice, the key thing, to move forward. That means that what I am presently without, I'm going to have more than enough eventually. And if you are stuck on what has not happened yet, and you can't move past what hasn't happened yet to what will happen eventually, then you've got to shift your mindset. May you have a paradigm shift in the name of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. And may you move forward into what God is promising you and come out of agreement with what hasn't happened yet. Some of you are too busy having an affair with an empty jar versus moving on and letting him fill the jar as you move forward. Come out of agreement with that thing. It is demonic to be in poverty. It's demonic to be in lack. It's demonic to be suffering. It's demonic to be going through what you are right now. It's demonic. But man, today in the name of Jesus, may you break out of that chain. May you break out of that box. May you shift your perspective in the name of Jesus. This goes right into my last hollow point. Oh, one last thing, Elijah. I found out the enemy just happened, the ant just happens to do. The ant, mm -hmm. the ant, yes, Lord, doesn't grab, listen, anything <laughs> that he can handle. The ant grabs anything that he can't handle. Mm -hmm. You would think the ant, as small as it is, Mama Sorrow, you would think the ant would just grab the smallest little morsel or crumb. But the ant will go over the crumb, look at it and be like, nah, brother, that ain't it. And will find an entire roll of bread. Mm -hmm. And will pull, he will set his eye on that bigger thing and he will move. Can I help you understand something? That preparation takes a posture. You can't prepare for nothing if you ain't postured for it. Which means the ant gets in position. And as I studied any stuff about the ant, I found out this thing, Simba, when I found that, that the ant realizes that he can't pull that thing by himself. So what he does is he gets around the thing and he backs it up until he can get it into his thing. And he moves and scoots it off until the thing, we're talking about one ant moving a whole loaf of bread. That thing, will, he will push, he will push, he will, he will pull, he will pull, whatever he got to do. Because all he sees is, this is my promise. But since I have it now, I will do everything I need to do to bring in the thing that I want. Can I tell you why your vision is bigger than what you can imagine? Can I tell you why the business is so important? And can I tell you why the academy is so important? Can I tell you why the ministry is so important? It's bigger than me. It's bigger than my strength. It's bigger than my muscle. And I can't pick it up by myself. But with the help of the Lord, there's something.
That, that big old bread is three times this size. And it says, I can take you. I'm not scared of you. I can get everything that I can pull this back. I got a family to feed. I got people to, I got people to draw. I will pull this thing back. You think I couldn't before. That's why people that counted you out is going to be real salty when they see you walking by dragging that piece of bread. Say, that's fine. You left me. I didn't need you anyway. I found a strength on the inside of me. I never thought I had. Ho, 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 ho. Oh, my vision is bigger. The business is bigger. Oh, yes, God. The book is bigger. This church is bigger. It's bigger than your resources. You don't may you may not have enough, but you do got enough God on the inside of you to reel that thing in. I'm reeling it in. Regardless of who disagrees, I'm reeling that thing in. Come hell or I'm reeling that thing in. So I want you to be fully encouraged, okay? I want you to be fully persuaded that he that hath begun a good work shall complete that thing until the day of Jesus. What you waiting on? Put with all your might. What you pull that thing until you see it move from one place to another. It's amazing how you can go and get your promise. Realize your promise is in the wrong place. And drag it to its final destination. Jeez yes, <laughs> Louise, man. I just want y'all to get how important it is to become like the ant. There's so much more I have, man, that you will hear over the next nine weeks. But I, I just want you to understand how important this, I had to get this out. Because it's, it's, it's so important that whatever you have your eye on, the word of the Lord to you today is go after it. It may not look how you thought it was going to look. Go after it. Stop trying to look for the team. You are the team. Stop trying to look for the army of people to come. You are the army of people. You are the person that God is going to use to pull that thing from one place to the next. And if you were to set your eyes, stop looking at something smaller than you and start looking at something bigger than you. My mom always talks about how she hates driving my car, but she loves it at the same time. She said, I said, why, Mom? She said, because it's a boat to me. I'm too short. I got to sit all the way up. It's just, it's just too much for me. But my little mama, my mama, my mama, my short mama, I'm 4'10", four, 4'9", four, something like that, real short. 4'6", will get in my car, and the way she's whipping that thing, you would think she is a six foot four person individual. They got the leg span and everything. That's what I'm trying to help you understand. Let me promise out to you. The next time you drive up in front of people, they will think, oh, that's a big thing right there. And they'll see your little small step jump out of there and ask the question, like, how'd you get that? God gave it to me and I went and pulled it out and I got it. Come on, you're about to rip the harvest that someone else is about to be jealous of. You're about to see God expand you.
is bigger than me. And what I'm really in is enough for you all to be blessed. It's enough for the rest of the city to be blessed. It's enough for every church plant across this nation to be blessed. It's bigger, which means even for everything you are doing, which means if you are delaying going to get it, you are not only delaying yourself, but you're delaying everybody else connected to you. Reel it in. I read nothing, Kaylee, about the yank getting tired and taking a break. It would not stop until it reached its final destination. My, I know your biggest question to me is, okay, I'm going to prepare. Cute. But what am I preparing for? You're asking me what? And your answer is, the ant doesn't know how the season is going to go. All it knows is another season is coming. You're asking me what? What am I preparing for? What am I going to do? How's it going to work? How's it going to work? Your answer is the end. Doesn't know how the season is going to go. It not know how frosty the winter may be. All it knows is I'm preparing for one thing. All I know is this another season is coming. Can I prophesy to you and say welcome to your new season? <laughs> I can't tell you the specifics of it. What I do know is that one season is coming to an end and another one is about to begin. But the way you know is that there's a preparation needed for your next life. This, 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 if you've been feeling the push of the Lord, it's because God's preparing you for something bigger than you. Something I love that Chris shared um, as he so amazingly last week came back to the Lord. In a profound way. But he said he just knew. He didn't know what, but he just knew something was telling him to get his life together. Something. He didn't know what. You know what was going on, what was coming. He just knew something was coming. He had to get his life. That's my point to you. You don't know what it is, but something is telling you, get it together. Stop doing that. Get your life, get your focus. Get your focus on the assignment again and start moving in it. Start shifting in what the Lord told you to do. Start being obedient to everything he says because there's something coming that you've got to be prepared for. This is preparing season. We still got fall and then winter, but there's this, this time. It's time to prepare for what's to come. This is not a prophecy that something's coming to the nation bad and X, Y, and Z. We're already in a global pandemic enough. This is a prophecy to tell you, a prophetic message to tell you that something is coming along the way and I want us to be ready for it. Revive Church, let's be the church on six legs. <laughs> Pulling in what we think we could not, but we just so happen to do it. <laughs> I'm crazy enough to believe that we can have a space, not just this size, but this entire church size. And they're asking you, how can you do that with 25 people? Because we saw it and we went for it and we reeled it in with what we had. I just wrote it in. How are you? How in the world are you driving with that type of? I just wrote it in. I just, I just did. I just, I was obedient. And the more you focus, the more you can see how your future is really blessed, and how much you're not a failure. But you got to look foolish doing it. You will look like a failure to others, but I'm really in foolish because I got a, I've got a future. Please understand. 
your, your response to them telling you, why are you doing that? Because I'm foolish. Because I got a future. Period. I would like that on the church. I'm foolish because I got a future. Regardless of what you feel, regardless of where you are, you have a future. And it's beautiful. So, look how you will. Think how you will. Come what may, all I know is I got a future. Father, I love your word. And I love you for what you have said. Lord, bring it to fruition that we may be a blessed people. And that we may see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Thank you for our future. And it's okay to look foolish for you. Because <laughs> you are bringing us into something quite bigger than what we thought. We love you and bless you. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.